This is a really interesting episode for me because I have been an investor for many years. I've been dealing with different aspects of residential rentals for many, many years. And not enough times do I get an opportunity to kind of pause and dive into a certain aspect of owning uh, rental properties. So there was an interesting opportunity to speak to an experienced property manager about the importance of tenant screening and evictions. And although a lot of the content I have known well for a long time, it was really interesting to kind of get a refresh understanding of those things and the importance of them for every real estate investor. This is Danny, and I hope you will enjoy this episode. Bye-bye. Hey, just one more thing before we get started. I get message from you that you're not sure how to get started or move forward with investing. You know what? Let me keep it simple. Get in touch with me. Let's set up a time to talk. 20, 30 minutes, give or take. And we jump on a call. We're going to go through different things and different questions and concerns and so on and so forth that you may have. We call it a strategy session. It's going to cost you nothing. I'm not going to do any sales pitch to you, I promise. We're just going to talk and see if what we have been doing for years and helping others do for many, many years is a good fit for what you're looking to do. So send me an email. You can send my personal email, Danny at simplydoit.net. And I spell Danny as D-A-N-I, Danny at simplydoit.net. And let's set up a time and talk and see if we can help you move forward with investing. Thank you and enjoy the episode. All right. Well, good day. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another session um, where we talk real estate. Uh, and uh, I have today uh, my friend, Tom Staub, and we're going to talk about a few things uh, relevant to the current times uh, we are in. This is December of 2020. And um, don't let you, don't get fooled by, if you can see this and not hearing on the podcast, don't let, don't get fooled by the baby face Tom here. <laughs> this guy is sharp. This guy is uh, very keen. And um, I have to admit that the first time I spoke to him, I thought, ah, well, what does he know or know. how much experience he has? And then this guy starts talking and I'm like, oh my God, so much uh, ideas and creativity and intelligence. And, uh, and, and one of the things, I, I don't think I ever told you that, uh, I always like to talk to people that we ha have uh, really, not just say out of the box, but original thinking, maybe an out of the box is the wrong term, or in the sense of they look at things a little bit differently, not the common you know, thoughts and ideas and threads you usually hear out there. I try to push myself always to challenge my own thinking and not follow the herd, uh, which I've been seeing for years, people just copy pasting ideas. I think this is wrong. Uh, or not wrong, but not always the, the correct thing. So when I, you know, Tom and I spoke over the past year or plus several times, I was always impressed by his ideas, his, uh, his, his perception of things, uh, very clearly articulate, very clearly uh, uh, thoughtful behind it. And I thought this is a genuine good person to, to bring on board. Why don't you start a little bit with, uh, with an intro so people oh, know a lot about your background, yeah. who you are. Uh, yeah. Please go yeah. ahead. Yeah. So first, thanks. Uh, thanks, Danny. You know, I, 
it's it's funny you mentioned the baby face, right? Because you know, I I started my career in corporate finance and Wall Street and all that madness. And even though I was a hustler and I worked my my tail off, like like the young face, uh, and I'm not trying to brag here, but the young face, I think, uh, hindered me because you get in like a boardroom and you're giving recommendations. And they're to your point. They're like, "What does this kid know?" Right. So for everyone out there, I'm 36 years old, <laughs> and um, I, yeah, I have about 12 years of uh, experience in real estate. Right. So 08 till uh, 09, 08 till about now. So do I know it all? Absolutely not. Um, have, have I made mistakes? Absolutely, in all different ways. Um, and I've done things from single family homes, flips on single families, uh, Burr methods on single families. I've bought buildings, buildings, and flipped them. Um, you know, essentially arbitrage within lending. I've done private lending. I'm now developing land, uh, 75 acres in Arizona. Uh, we're doing a subdivision there as well as a, like a luxury resort for clamping. Um, I own businesses. So I've all, I've done all kinds of different things. Right. And again, I've, I've learned a lot of what not to do, which I think is more important than knowing what to do. Right. And so, um, yeah, Danny and I have definitely done some work together and, uh, thanks again for having me on the show. Sure. Good. Um, well, I wanted to keep it somewhat simple for today. And I uh, thought that there's two topics I would like to, to kind of pick your brains and hear what you have to say. Uh, the first topic is, um, you know, we are now December of 2020. We are into this wacky world of, of, of COVID with all the you know, implications. And I think there's also a lot of mixed signals out there between real estate is doing well on one hand, but at the same time, you know, we're expecting things to go to crash and maybe not, and interest rate is going down. Um, in the past, let's say less than a year or so, you work with investors. Um, what are you seeing from your end? What are you seeing, in, uh, in, like what people are doing or not doing? Because you actually tackled this, uh, 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 you just said that it's important to know what not to do, not just what to do. Uh, when it comes to real estate, what do you think are the, the, like, the common mistakes or people should have been doing you know, during the, the, the current times, knowing what we know, right? We know so much to a certain degree. We don't know how the, the economy will unravel in 2021. So what's your take about people's behavior, uh, investors' behavior, uh, wannabe investors' behavior? Man, what a question, right? There's, it's a big question. And um, I don't think, honestly, we have enough time to go over what it actually means across the board, but I think I'll hit on some key concepts, right? Or at least what I think. Um, and so the first thing is, I think it's really important to understand um, this K-shaped recovery. And before COVID, I was saying there's essentially two forming economies, right? The, the C and D class economy that are renters, work and service industries, uh, they have the $400 in their bank at most for savings. And those are the people that were, that were struggling. They have not seen wage increases, relatively speaking, uh, versus inflation for 30, 40 years, right? So there's always issues there. Um, and the other side of the economy, the A, A part of the, the economy, you know, the people that have the tech jobs, uh, they're, they were doing very well. And in fact, they're doing very well now, right? And in fact, you know, if you look at the stats, the people who are buying these homes today, the people who are getting the cheap debt, who are investing in the stock market like gangbusters, are people that are in that top part of the economy. And so they're doing just fine. And you have to look at all your decisions, I think, and the speculation around, okay, well, who's going to be affected? Which markets are going to be affected by the lower end class and the, the up, you know, upper end class? 
And so when I talk to my investors, most of them don't think about that one. And two, you know, back in 2015, 2016, when I started one of my companies that helped people get into turnkey investing, um, I had to sell the idea of owning rentals. People didn't understand why they would, you know, I don't want to deal with tenants. Is it like, is it really worth the money? How do I know that you know, it's going to appreciate? Fast forward to today and you have the likes of Robert Kiyosaki and Ken Malkaroy talking about buying rentals. Um, there's not en enough inventory to, to supply the, the, the investors. So the mind mindset has shifted so much um, and really favoring real estate in a number of ways. On top of that, if you just look at a general investing strategy um, that I have, so I, I, I had my friend on, uh, Jonathan, he, he's a hedge fund manager. He manages over a billion dollars in assets. And we got into the details, you know, back in the day, you could put some money in stocks, put some money in bonds, put some money in gold, whatever, and you would have this essentially pretty stable portfolio. Well, today, every asset's going in the same direction, you know, like aside from Bitcoin. And so there's a lot of risk in the market. And I think people are seeing real estate as a real opportunity to diversify across your portfolio. And so what, what I tell my clients is real estate, I think has a great future ahead uh, with, with the cheap debt. The Fed has promised to hold rates until 2023. So cheap debt's gonna be here for a while. And if you can pick the right markets that have a lot of tailwinds that have some appreciation potential and some cash flow, I think you're in a really good spot. Sure. Okay. Um, were you saying uh, for a second, you, you mentioned that uh, you, uh, some investors, I mean, it seems like you have a different conversation with investors now versus 2015, 2016, when you started yeah. the, the, the company. And it sounds like they, back then, like they were hesitant about um, um, investing in the concept of rental properties. And now it's more like, what what's different well, now it's now it's everyone wants one um and you know they're all about it uh to a point where they're buying just some terrible properties um and you know it's there's also a lot of cash out there there's a lot of people uh on on the sidelines in fact i i think i read an article that uh there's there's roughly five is a five trillion dollars in capital on, on the sidelines right now so people are they're speculating on this idea of a dip of any asset, you know, whether it be Bitcoin, whether it be Tesla stock, whether it be real estate. And here's the thing is that I, I think this, I think the idea of a dip or a substantial dip, especially in real estate is just not going to happen. I think it will happen in certain markets, parts of Vegas, maybe parts of Florida. I mean, I'll tell you, I'm tracking Vegas and Miami every day using the, the Redfin data charts. And I'm just, you just don't see the price decreases that you, you, that you did back in 08. And I think there's so many people with eyeballs on these deals. They're waiting for a dip. And I, I, I think if you're waiting for a dip, I think you're just going to be a sore loser in the end, wishing that you had got in earlier. So, so I'm, I'm interested to, to, to know about those conversations with investors because I'm having, I guess, to a certain extent, similar conversations, probably similar profile people to a certain extent, maybe sometimes even the same ones, right? But let's just say, you know, a lot of them are, you know, come from with a similar background and probably every one out of two, one out of three these days is expressing an interest or, or a fear or a main concern about values, 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 values. Like, you know, I, I've been doing, the, doing this for such a long time. Every era has its own keywords, right? Like values or appreciation or whatever that is, right? So right now there's a lot of uh, discussion, you know, being asked a lot about the value or the fear of a value decrease. And actually I did a... Um, 
a podcast uh, um, uh, episode yesterday tackling this concept. Uh, is this something you're hearing or, or, yeah. or not, not very much? Yeah, so I mean, there's, uh, there's a great consulting firm uh, called uh, John Burns Consulting Firm. Uh, and they analyze like the cycles of real estate. So real estate has a cycle like, like any, any other market. Um, but the corrections in real estate are just not as drastic as, as the stocks market. Um, and so, yeah, people are worried about the valuations of real estate. But I mean, there's, let me just give you a few facts, right? There's uh, around 2 million units in shortage of supply right now. Um, developers on average per year are behind developing by 300,000 to a half million units every year. So that's going to keep growing. If this, foreclo- if this foreclosure crisis happens, and they are going to probably extend the eviction uh, you know, moratorium here in a few months, which will hurt the landlords, potentially a risk of default for the landlords, that might happen. And it's probably going to happen in the DNC class markets. Even if you assume the worst case scenario and there's 4 million new units, uh, it's still not going to affect the higher class properties, I don't think. Um, and in general, even if you were to balance that, you're only talking a surplus of six months of supply. So that's a lot of numbers I just told you, but what, what, what that means is, is that the substantial 30, 40% correction fears, even 20%, it's just not going to happen. You might get 10% in certain markets. Um, again, I think parts of Vegas, um, anything that- 10% are, uh, reduction? Yeah. So if it's a $100,000 property, $10,000 uh, right. in reduction, right? Uh, parts of Florida, I mean, but you know- Across the board, the nation's, I think, is going to be just fine. And it comes down to a supply and demand issue. You're going to have Biden coming out with this first-time homebuyer credit of $15,000, which is double what it was back in, I think, uh, 08 or whatever, 07. Um, so that's going to put pressure on new home loans. The problem is not supply or uh, is not demand. We have plenty of demand on, on real estate. The problem is supply. You got to incentive the, the developers to develop more affordable housing and everything else. So I, I, I have been on many podcasts about this. I just don't see how a major correction is going to happen in the, in the real estate market. Um, so that's my take. You know that um, um, as someone who is a graduate of the 2008 uh, you know, uh, recession, uh, I think the supply challenge really started there. Maybe even before, but what happened in the, the, during that recession, for the most part, many builders nationwide stopped building. They couldn't compete with the low prices of foreclosures. So that means for a period of two, three years, builders, maybe even four years, I mean, of course, some did build and maybe, you know, a small you know, uh, builder that builds 20 houses a year or 50, that's a small one. Eh, they probably continued, but the, a lot of the big builders stopped. They were getting, you know, uh, getting organized, maybe starting to buy land to, to be ready. And that kind of a shortage you know, kind of probably started back then that they couldn't keep up and they're maybe for years still trying to keep up with the, with the, uh, with the, the demand and, and the population grew. It's not like the population stayed steady. So right. you're absolutely right, right. with, uh, you know, it's bottom line, supply and demand is the, the most fundamental uh, uh, force in economy and will dictate those things. And we are, you know, it's funny. I felt that before COVID, there was a lot of shortage or a lot of challenging to find inventory. And now it's even worse. Yeah. You know? yeah. Okay. That's crazy. Um, now, the other question that I, that I felt we would be uh, good to talk about is more trends. 
And trends is a, it's a big word, but uh, do you see or are you able to spot or identify or maybe start seeing some emerging trends of behavior uh, in different sectors or segments, um, either by population as type of segment or by you know um, properties type of segments uh, that are starting to emerge, starting or maybe already showing signs of emerging for several months that you're tracking or yeah. kind of focusing on and trying to want to see how they do it in, in the coming months? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, geez, well, there's things that I tell my clients and there's things that I think are happening behind the scenes. Uh, I just put out a video about the commercial real estate crash. Um, everyone's talking about the residential crash, but the commercial crash is already happening. Uh, it's actually just getting started, I think. And so commercial is going to take an absolute bath, um, through probably April, May, June. Uh, I mean, hotels, the CEO of Starwood came out saying that one third of all hotels will be, uh, gone after this. You know, you look at small businesses across San Francisco, New York, for example, you're at 40% closure rates. Um, so restaurant, that industry is going to be completely, you know, hammered. You think about, you know, the, the black Friday sales down 52% year over year. So all, all those plazas are going to have vacancies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think commercial has a ton of headwind. So what's going to happen? I think you're going to see people like BlackRock, Sequoia Capital, these big names come out and buy these properties and repurpose uh, them into mixed use, into you know, affordable housing. So I think that's gonna be a big thing. Now, obviously that's for the bigger players, the bigger investors. I think uh, being a developer myself now, I think the trend that I see uh, is going to be build to rent. Uh, keep in mind, most developers are only making 20 to 30% margins on their, on their development, right? So, it, and there's a massive shortage of co contractors, uh, about 20%. You know, we, we don't fund those, those, uh, those skills for education. No one's going to school to be a plumber anymore or, you know, electrician. So the cost of our wages is skyrocketing. Timber is going up in price. So the margins for developers are being contracted. So they're coming up with new models on how to make money long-term. And so they're, I mean, just recently, uh, the housing permits report came out in a very low manner, which is bad. Like again, more supply shortage. Uh, they're refocusing their efforts to find the margin and those margins are just in different products. So I think a lot of opportunity is going to be in the, in the commercial space, which I know your listeners might not have the capital to do or the know-how, which is totally okay. Um, but there's going to be opportunities to be in syndications that are repurposing the commercial spots or part of these build to rent um, opportunities for sure. Um, are you seeing any type of uh, trends of uh, moving out of the major cities? To oh yeah. Suburbs, oh yeah. Moving from multifamilies to single family or some, or vice versa. Both. Yeah. Those are great points. Um, I, I mean, I think if you look at any population report, um, people want affordability across the board. They, you know, it's interesting. Everyone that on my you know Instagram now is talking about uh, no income tax. Like, people that have no business talking about tax at all are like, Oh, I'm moving to Texas or Florida, no income tax. So the secret's out. People know that they can get an instant 10% boost on their income by moving to Texas or Florida or Nevada or, or Washington state. Um, and so they're moving. Right. And a lot of tech companies are not changing the wages. Some are, and some are not. And um, so you're definitely seeing for those that can afford it again, the upper, upper economy, they're getting the hell out of New York and Chicago and San Francisco and LA and they're moving to the more affordable areas with better climates. So that for sure is happening. Um, and then I think when you see the issues with rent collections, I have, my portfolio is now all single family rentals. And um, 
I sold my last building last year, actually. So uh, the rent collection issue is hitting the multifamily areas a lot more than the single families. So the single families are doing just fine. People want single family homes. Um, and so I, I've received no problems with any of my rentals across my fingers. Um, so that's, that's what I'm seeing in the trends as well. Are you saying uh, single family rent collections? I would probably assume you're in the mid, uh, let's say, uh, lower middle class, mid something yeah. type of areas, probably not, not, um, not the lower class. Would no, you know, I'm buying properties that are one twenty to two hundred thousand dollars. I see. You know, that's a middle class segment, pretty much in yeah. most areas around the country. Um, you know, and that's usually people that are able to keep their job even from a distance, uh, which is not always the case with the lower class, uh, yeah. working class. Um, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's interesting. I had a conversation with one of my investors uh, yesterday. He works. You know, he's a, uh, it's a manager, team leader in Microsoft for many years. He's been with Microsoft up there, you know, for a very long time. Uh, he said, you know, he, he has a exemption. He wants to go and work from the office and not stay at home because it's, you know, less comfortable for him. But he says, I go to the office. I'm, I have an entire building by myself. Mm -hmm. And... He says, Microsoft, if I understand correctly, if I remember correctly, he's saying Microsoft already told everyone they could probably work remotely at least until the, the end of 2023. Oh, wow. 2023. Now, I could be wrong about maybe, uh, maybe misheard him or something, but that's what I heard. And then, you know, what you're, I think what you're seeing in a lot of tech companies, a lot of companies altogether, but not just tech, maybe tech is kind of leading the world, the, 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 the change. Um, People obviously are moving to, you know, you just said, let's move to Texas and get a, in a way, a 10% increase in our income, but actually it could be more. It's a 10% yeah. increase in my income just because, you know, I pay less taxes. It's also maybe a 10% drop in my cost because I live in a, in a, you know, a, a cost of living, let's say in, I don't know, Dallas. Oh, way cheaper. Lower yeah, I, cheaper. You know, I, I drive a fancy sports car, so I, I get the high end gas, whatever. And my gas is like, Two dollars a gallon for the, like the premium gas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, in California, it's like four and a half dollars. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, so that's that's what I mean. And and, and I think more and more people will start moving, um, uh, already starting to move to other areas and working remotely. And then he, he actually said, you know, I might as well even think about moving to a different country which I want to live in. Yeah. And work from there. But is you know, the the biggest challenge is that, and that's interesting that. Uh, you know, um, the, the international taxation is going to have a challenge. Are you employee of the U.S.? Are you employee oh, of, yeah, of yeah. another country? You know, so it's kind of the way it is, but that if remotely will stay, um, you know. It's well, let me just, let me just, I mean, again, I don't know everything about remote work, but I, I do know something about general business. And when there is a glowing problem in the market, that's an opportunity. So people will see it as a problem. Others will see it as an opportunity to create something. So I hear a lot about, well, the Zoom culture doesn't create collaboration for now. You don't think someone's going to come out with some way to create more collaborative ways? To 100%. So give it, give it a couple of years. Yeah. You'll see a startup yes. in the same format. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, think, I think there's going to be an opportunity. There is an opportunity there because when they, they're working remotely, um, you lose the informal communication sure the bonding aspect of it but something will will come in and and close that void for sure someone will find some sort of a 
tool or mechanism or uh, I mean it's kind of probably putting some the pieces of the puzzles together. Um, That's right. So um, tell me where where, um, where are you putting your efforts these days again? Uh, what what you're uh, kind of mainly focusing on on your end? Yeah. So I have this I have this philosophy and this is my own thing that um, eighty percent of my income comes from stable you know, channels, right? So that's private money lending. I have some consulting businesses, rentals, uh, whatnot. And then I believe that the rest of the your income should come from these home run projects. So every year I have one home run project. Last year, it was a commercial building that I flipped. This year, it's, uh, the, you know, land, land up development. So we are developing um, 75 acres just outside of the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. west of Flagstaff. It's going really well. We're going to break around here. Acres. Yeah. Oh, a tiny piece of land. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy. I've, I've, uh, I, I, you know, not, not to brag, but I've, you know, I've rented a big old truck. I went down there to my land, and I was going through the land, and I've not even seen all of it yet. You know, because there's all these trees, these like nice, like desert pine trees. So I, I don't even know what's on my land. I did discover a guy living on my land in an RV that I had to kick out because you know he's so far, so far back in there that like who would have, you know, who would have ever have found him. So. But we are now developing. We, we break ground uh, early January on the excavating. So that's been a great learning experience. And I'll probably keep doing the land up development for some time. Um, and we're also developing a, a glamping resort uh, that has some pretty big upside there. So beyond that, um, I, I'm looking for deals always in the single family homes um, segment. I, there's always a deal out there somewhere, but I'm being more choosy for that. Um, living in Austin and just you know enjoying life. Good, good, excellent. Well, uh, Tom, always a pleasure. I'm glad we had a chance to finally get it uh, done. Um, and I appreciate uh, your insights and thoughts and ideas and concepts. Always, always uh, enjoying uh, speaking to you, uh, fellow colleague, but, and, you know, uh, and, 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 um, I would say uh, original thinker. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thanks very I much for that, yeah. uh, joining and thank you, everyone, for uh, listening. For uh, As always, we try to make sure we bring you valuable content and information uh, so you can actually uh, ideally benefit and use it to your own uh, personal um, investment. You're always welcome to get in touch with me, have a strategy session, talk about your needs, your, uh, your challenges. Everybody has challenges. Everybody has concerns and questions. Um, I only, uh, you know, I've been doing it only for... Yeah, 17, 18 years and more than 4,500, you know, rental transactions, uh, probably about, a, about a, close to about 100 flips. So I've been around the block, at least one recession behind me, probably going through some sort of a craziness right now. You have some thank, wounds. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Tom. Have a terrific rest of your day. Have a terrific uh, weekend. And of course, stay safe. Mm.